march in Chicago with my Trump Pence shirt on and my sec pro Second Amendment sign, believe me, I'd have to shoot my way out of there. Wow. So it's I not just that, uh, for if I show all up women. in NRA, if I show up in an NRA march with my, you know, no no more wars, no guns, gun control, that the same thing's gonna happen to me. I mean, when you got not true. That's not true. That's just not I'm true. Ridiculed. I'm gonna get videoed. You I'm gonna. Will. Get- you will. You will. You yeah. will. If you protested the war in Vietnam, you got. Yeah. Not only did you get shot at, you got sprayed at, you yeah. got spit on, you got a dog. Well, the big question on everyone's mind, it's a gender thing, or is it? World peace, religion, sex, money, politics, climate change, big business, big ideas, and big egos. Nothing is off limits. As I'm joined by some of the most accomplished and highly opinionated women from the far left, the far right, and the far reaches of the planet. This is Malcolm Out Loud, and you're listening to Life, Liberty, and the Pursuit of Pleasure. Well, the women are marching again, and it wasn't quite as big of a march as that happened when uh, President Trump took office. That march there had like 4.2 million people took to the streets, from what I understand. This last one, which was the one-year anniversary, it was a small crowd, very intimate, if you will, just about 2.5 million. Uh, is what we hear of the numbers are. Uh, and this is the march where the women are, I guess, we're trying to figure out exactly what they were protesting, but it seems like they were protesting Trump or protesting the rights of way women are being treated or things of this nature. We want to talk about it today, but also there's the other march. There's the other march of the the march of the life, uh, the the right to life. Uh, there's the march. There's another big series of marches being planned for this September, uh, from some of the uh, show hosts and constituents here on America Out Loud, even uh, that are very engaged in these marches. So, anyways. The women are out marching. A lot of people don't understand why they're marching. We just talked about this, in fact, on another show the other day, friends. I remember Jennifer Breeden was on with me on that show, as I recall to my mind. And we, it was about the Iranian protest. And a lot of people overseas are saying, why aren't those women happy in the U.S.? What are they complaining about now? That's really being said overseas. That's what we hear from Jennifer, who deals internationally with these things. Well, anyways, we are here. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of pleasure. And we have an incredible conversation coming to you, as all of these conversations have been amazing. This show is is doing it. If you haven't been listening, and I'm sure you have, or tell people about it, but the conversations have been electrifying. We are also marching here on Life, Liberty, and America Out Loud. And this show at Life, Liberty is really about empowering women, quite frankly. I'm just the the guy here to help facilitate it and make it happen. But it's the women who are extraordinary, and that's no exception today. On the show today with us, Jennifer Breeden is here. Jennifer is an attorney. She specializes in international law, criminal law, U.S. foreign policy, and she's well regarded in these circles of talking, standing up for women's rights, and uh, she's here today on the platform. Sergeant Betsy Smith is here. Now, Sergeant Betsy, as you know, is a police officer for 29 years. She's a law enforcement trainer and a consultant to the industry. Uh, she's well regarded in law enforcement circles. It's good to have her. As well, Missy Crotchfield is here, and she's the co-founder of Gandhi's Bee Magazine and of Gandhi Global Center for Peace. And her contributions to the platform and to the show have been fantastic, have been incredible. Everybody has. 
But we have a special guest coming to us today, friends, from season one. It is my older sister, as I refer to her as, Gail Murphy. <laughs> Gail Murphy is here. She's a veteran Hollywood correspondent. She's called a celebritizer, not for nothing, because she celebritizes. She's uh, got a book out as well that she's had for years. It's really good, How to Survive the Media Without Getting Clobbered. And let me tell you what. Not only should I tell you not how, how to not get clobbered, but if you step in her way, she'll clobber you. <laughs> Yeah. Anyways, Gail, it's been a while. It has. Miss you. Yeah, I miss you too. <laughs> and a pleasure to meet these wonderful women that you surround yourself with. Now. Oh, Gail, I am no dummy, love. If I want to do some heavy lifting, I'm bringing the great women in. And, uh, boy, we had some fun on season one. And you were really one of the superstars from season one as well, as well as Dr. Andrea Pennington and Ava Armstrong and Sally Fernandez and so many others. But you guys were really uh, doing some amazing uh, conversations there on season one. So, listen, we have just a stellar group here, Gail, in this season, and the conversations have been absolutely amazing. They're off the charts, uh, and this one is no exception. We're going to talk about the women's marches today. All right, so there are two schools of thoughts here, ladies, with the marching. Now, I want to go, I want to start, if you don't mind, I'd like to start with Gail. And sure. Gail, I, I want to I want to talk to you because you had sent me this is this is how Gail operates. So she's out in the streets marching and she's out there creating trouble, which she's, of course, so good at doing. And it's Thank middle you. of the night and she's texting me pictures and conversations through messaging. And so this is what Gail does to me. You all don't know how she has tormented me in my life since uh, <laughs> I've known her in all these years now. And so she's texting me in the middle of the night, sending me pictures of her harassing the people out on the West Coast and Mel. Welcome, look at this and look at this and throwing it out on social media and tweeting me and kind of look at this. We're doing it. We're doing it. So what the hell did you do out there? What kind of trouble did you get into, Gail Murphy? Hey, listen, Malcolm, <laughs> we're Americans and so we're marchers and we march because we're smart and because we're addicted to what can be. Okay, so you tell all your nosy, nosy friends from out of the country Mm -hmm. who are pissing and moaning and saying, why are those American women protesting? What are they complaining about? They are not addicted to what can be. It's in our DNA. Mm -hmm. We see the shining, uh, the shining city on the hill. Mm -hmm. We live there. So first and foremost, I want to get that out of the way and I want to completely dis disengage with any sort of thing like we're complaining okay. we're doing our civic yeah. responsibility yeah that's one way we to talked look at about it. this yeah. or america and democracy is not for babies mm-hmm. every single one of those women Amen. and men pulled up their big boy and big girl mm-hmm. pants and took to the streets okay but and what's so, the idea of those pink vagina hats what's up with that well, you can thank your boy Donald Trump for that because oh, okay. that was that that was the creation of grab them by the you know what. I right? see. They're I making see. their you know what available. Oh well, there you go. What and an invitation! And they're it on their heads. So, how, what what did we accomplish? Talk to me about the march itself, and then I want to I want to go around here and get everybody engaged. So let's. Uh, so what what was listen there were a lot of reports that it wasn't it wasn't really against the president and then some said it was so what's the real catalyst of this march so what's happening is people came out into the streets to fulfill their um their uh responsibility Mm -hmm. to uh, free speech and to march so they went out and 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 i'll tell you in a minute what they um what they marched for okay but they came out to go home. 
and to go home and to hold their re representatives responsible um, okay. for uh, just for what for what the issues are and making sure that everyone is awake and up and the lights are on. So we have a variety of different things that they um, marched for, everything okay. from the opioid epidemic, okay. epidemic to health care to veterans, especially women vet veterans, right. to get out the vote, to equal pay for equal work, okay. uh, Me Too, sexual harassment in the workplace. Okay. I can support all of those causes, by the way, for real. You know me enough to know that I do. I support all of those. I, I absolutely agree with all of that. Listen, because some of the stuff when it comes to Gail, the sexual harassment stuff, and you and I have talked about this. We did an interesting show, you and I and Ava did, on the yeah. pervs uncovered, remember? You know, just yeah. not too long ago here. You you loved that. You enjoyed that show because you did. you sent it out there, and you were you were terrific in it. You and Ava slayed it, and uh, we we called it pervs uncovered. And you were very truthful and honest and open in that show, as you always are. I've never known you not to be. But you went after Hollywood in a pretty good way in that show, which I so enjoyed. Uh, but you put them on notice. I know. So let's come back and talk more about that afterward because that's been a real problem with the movement here. Jennifer Breeden, I want to get you in here into the conversation with Gail. Now you know Gail Murphy, as you've just heard her, why I had her go first. And I think it's interesting because, you know, she's, uh, she's about women's rights and uh, the movement to empower women. She comes from more of the liberal doctrine and that side. You come more from the conservative doctrine. She's well-spoken. You're well-spoken. Uh, very proper people. Uh, you, both of you are. You can hold your own and your own ground, but you're very um, professional in the way you speak. So let me get you to counteract because you had made some uh, recent comments about the way we're being reflected around the world and a lot of these marches and movements and things like that, Jennifer. Pick up on where Gail is. Uh, I like the way she kind of says, Jennifer, and I don't think you'll disagree with it. It's our civic duty. I think it's kind of hard to argue that, isn't it? It is. And, you know, Gail, you made some excellent points. I'm so glad to have you here on the show today. Um, you know, I think we talked about, and I think maybe this was described a little wrong, how women around the world are kind of like, you know, what's happening there. Well, it's not that. So I work with women in the Middle East, um, from Iran to Egypt, uh, everywhere else in between to Saudi Arabia, where I've been myself. And, um, and, and so it's just a different thing. I do think it's good. It's good for other women in other countries to see these marches happening um, because it gives them that hope. But the thing is, I think one of the reasons, specifically in Egypt, because I can discuss uh, about conversations I had with groups of women last time I was in Egypt about that and, and their whole thing. And this was the first march. I'm not talking about the second. I actually think there's a huge difference between the first and the second march. There are a lot of aspects of the second women's march that I loved. It was expanded more than just protesting Donald Trump's inauguration, which, you know, whatever but to have all of these things there were not really any points. I think that was more problematic for these women in Egypt who, if they were to march or do something like that, they would all be murdered in honor killings by their father or brother um, or just, you know, imprisoned for even having a voice. So I think that was more of a, you know, why are they caring about this protest? But I think this second march has been more, uh, more invigorating because now you're seeing women standing up, now being imprisoned in Iran. A lot of the women are starting these protests so, you know, I do respect a lot. Uh, some of the second march, it was expanded beyond just we hate Donald Trump. And a lot of women that marched in the second march actually came out saying, look, we're not just here about any Trump thing. We're here about more women's rights and things like that. That's the thing that women in the other world, specifically in the Middle East, want to be seen and need to be seen rather than that first march, as we talked about on a previous show, where it was solely uh, to protest Donald Trump's inauguration. There were actually some women 
that uh, that stated that they, they came out with statements saying we're not going to come to the second march. We came to the first march, but we, we are not going to we're not coming to the second march because we were afraid that we thought it would just be another, you know, we're mad about Donald Trump. And then it looks like a bunch of women complaining. And these strong women uh, and a lot of women that did show up to the second march, they, they just didn't want it to be about that one thing. They wanted to be. Let's show the world that we're not complainers, that we want something to change and we're taking action and we're going to keep fighting for, for what's right for us. So I respect that. Uh, I think that with the the women around the world, um, specifically in the Middle East, the women I work with, it does give them hope to see these women having voices to not just complain about a political leader, a politician they don't like, but to truly say, like, we do need more rights in the in the workplace. I mm-hmm. mean, as much as uh, there are some things that Donald Trump has said that we're not we're, we're not good. We're horrifically disrespectful of women uh, in the past. I, I think that it's more important to say that he's also not going to be able to to focus and and really command every single job. I work in situations in the job environment where women are um, where women are treated poorly, where they're not given, um, where we're not give, we're not looked at, where our emotions are made fun of, our opinions are made fun of because we're quote emotional, and, and things like that. Those are the things that need to change. And so I respect women that are are going out for that. But then in the same sense, you know, it's it's what are we fighting for? What are we saying? I think yeah, a lot I, I of like times they get more. lost with the messaging, Jennifer. They get yes. totally lost with the messaging and then they really don't know. Uh, well said and how you put it out there. Um, it does give you a certain sense, though, of uh, the way people reflect this around the world and where we're at. Um, it just seems like and I I know, Missy, you're going to have some strong things to say about this as well, and I definitely want to hear them. But it seems to me like there's a lot of vitriol out there, and it's been on coming for a lot of years. It's not new. It's been here. I know a lot of people want to blame that on Trump, and I don't think Trump necessarily is the cause of that. Gail and I would differ in that opinion. I just think he's the canoe rocker at the moment that is trying to—this swamp is so deep, wide, and and, and far, which we've discussed on this platform many times. Um, But, Sergeant Betsy, I want to bring you in here first before we get to— Missy, and, and, and I want to get her viewpoints on that. But let's talk a moment here. You have some very strong thoughts and opinions yourself. Your sort of feelings are having spent a, a, a history and a, a, a really many a, a long career in, in really a male-dominated business, but in a very successful career you had as a law enforcement. Um, and you, you have a different perspective on some of these marches, I think, uh, as to what's coming out. And Obviously, we don't want to make this whole conversation today about Trump, but he's a piece of it. He's a, he's a piece of it, as Jennifer was just saying. How do you take these marches right now, the different marches, uh, Sergeant Betsy, and, and what about the civic responsibility of women everywhere to stand up and say, you know what, we don't like this? You know, I agree with Jennifer that, you know, as I've said before, you know, Trump can be very inartful and, and say things. Yeah. And I also agree with Jennifer that the tone somewhat of this year's march was different than okay. than last year's but a, a, a couple of things in the united states as a woman in the united states and a woman who has been in um quote-unquote male-dominated profession since the late 70s i fail to think of a right that men in this country have that I don't have. I just can't come up with it. Haven't been able to come up with it since I was in high school and they talked about the Equal Rights Amendment and yet I saw signs, ratify the ERA. And and I find that, I find that just childish. Another thing is, is we see the pussy hats and the vagina suits and the, the, the signs with the ovaries and the fallopian tubes and all this stuff. And yet we're supposed to be seen as 
competent people, not as a sexual being and not as, you know, I don't want to be seen as my vagina, but that it seems to be all about the vagina, which I, I, I have to wonder about that. Third, this is a, yes, it's our right to go out and protest, etc. But it, having been a crowd control sergeant for many, many years, right. um, you should see what it takes to put something like that on. The waste of public safety resources for these marches is extraordinary. You have no idea how expensive it is to pay the police to keep all these marchers safe. And then if you look at the after pictures in all the large marches around the country, Mm -hmm. how filthy, nasty it was and how they just dumped their signs and threw their trash in the ground. Mm -hmm. It was disgusting. Mm -hmm. Well, Betsy, is that just the cost of doing business, though? Is that all just, I mean, is that back to the civic responsibility? Is that just the cost of doing business? Don't we have a civic responsibility to, I'll tell you what, when you when you look at the uh, right to life march that was just a few days before, right. you didn't see they cleaned up everything. You didn't see all the trash and you didn't hear all the vitriol. You're talking about the actual and, participants and all, right? Yes, yeah. absolutely. Well, let's ask Gail. Let's ask Gail something about that because I'm I'm very curious because this is this is the second or third time I've heard this point. Gail, when it was all done out there, the march and stuff, was it a train wreck? The 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 filth and the 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 signs and everything left behind was it a mess? Well, you're talking about 700,000 people versus maybe 500. So oh, oh. I could clean that oh, up myself. That's not in true. Oh, that's hold, not on, true. hold on, hold on, Gail. Go ahead. Uh, Betsy, how many people were in that uh, other march? About Los there were tens of thousands of women. That's okay. what I understand. There were about 11 people here in L.A. Seriously, seriously. We're, right, but we're, those are probably people who, oh, I'm for the environment and, you know, you need to, you know. Yeah. Yeah, they yeah. The world. yeah, but they throw trash and they throw garbage and they. But they didn't have you know. that here because you have one march that was seven hundred thousand people, okay. that had recycle bins right. and they were cleaning it up as they go. Okay. And then you had the next day another march that maybe maybe had two hundred people or five hundred people. Okay. All right. So uh, it's it's you're trying it's apples and oranges. Like I said, I can only talk about Los Angeles, so that was not my experience, and that was not our experience. Um, and I don't, you know, I, 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 I believe you when you say, I mean, I believe you completely when you say that there was no pickup that you had to do at the anti uh, at the well, uh, she, right to life. Right, she's assuming that's I, the case. Uh, I, I've I, heard reports I, of that. No, I see. See, I okay. get all the pictures sent to okay. me because okay. because first responders are the ones who are there when everybody else leaves, okay. and they take pictures, and you can find them if you know where to look. And well, it's and interesting, like Betsy. Let's bring it to a bigger point rather than the trash. But I want to talk to you about something that you had mentioned a moment ago uh, about the uh, the necessity to have these marches or not. Your questioning the fact that are they worthy of our time and expense and all of this put in because of the cost and law enforcement and all of these pieces. You bring up another point. I hadn't really heard it put that way, Betsy, before, but I will say this. Those marchers are both for the left and the right because right now one of our hosts and one of our people on the platform, they're planning a major march for conservative women for the uh, for that movement uh, in September on the mall in Washington uh, from Deborah's voice, Awake, Arise, Advance. Uh, the, we have people on the platform that are uh, uh, part of the uh, 
uh, participants to put that on. It's uh, September 29th, uh, later this year, in Washington, D.C. This interesting conversation about two marches versus one march, I find that interesting. And you said, why can't we have that, Sergeant Betsy? You said, why can't we have one march for women? And, 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 and I want to find out from Gail later on if that's even possible, if there could be one march. But I have the answer as to why they're not one march, why there is two march. And I'll tell you what that is, uh, not only on the other side of this pause here, but I'll do this. Uh, I'll tell you why, because the women are no better than the men. They're following the lead of the men out there. And why do, what do I mean by that? I'm going to tell you that, along with we'll get Missy's input on that just after the pause. Think back to the last time you felt healthy and energized. The best times of our lives occur when we're at the peak of our health, sleeping better, full of energy and focus. We know that fades with age, and you might be feeling the effects of aging as low energy and poor sleep. But it doesn't have to be that way. There haven't been any nutrition systems designed to rejuvenate our bodies as we get older. Until now. Healthy Cell Pro is the only multinutrient system that impacts the building block of your body, the cell. Created by anti-aging expert and Nobel Prize nominee, Dr. Vincent Giampapa. Award-winning Healthy Cell Pro cuts through the complexity of nutrition supplements by simply giving you the purest ingredients, filling dietary gaps to nourish your cells and enhance your quality of life for optimal performance. Visit HealthyCell.com and use code OUTLOUD for an exclusive discount or call 844-869-9958. The Out Loud Perspective awaits you in life, love, politics, a healthy lifestyle, your faith, personal development, and living an out loud life on AmericaOutloud.com. Glitch your news and entertainment network where you can listen 24-7 on our free apps on both Android and Apple. Welcome to the new era in communications, America Out Loud Talk Radio. We are talking about the women's marches today, and we're talking about, well, there's a lot of things. I mean, we've covered several points already about the expense and the cost to humanity, to us taxpayers and all of this, and law enforcement and the responsibility, the security issues, things like that. But again, as Gail points it out, well, it's part of our civic duty, is it not? And in reflection, as Jennifer Breeden was saying, around the world, uh, people look at uh, the women in America as a kind of quasi role model of democracy. Uh, Sergeant Betsy had some very interesting points here. And again, so our co-host today, Jennifer Breeden, Sergeant Betsy Smith, Missy Crutchfield, and Gail Murphy are with us. And we're, we're talking about these women's marches. I'm seeing all kinds of things here. Missy, here, here's the deal here. The reason we can't have one march, if I might answer the question as I, as I pass the baton to you a moment here, um, that I think is because the women are as guilty as the men. And what I mean by that is this, Missy. I know you are a person that stands up for world peace. I know you're a person that feels that women should be empowered across the spectrum. I get that. But the reason is, is because the politicians hijack all these conversations. And the women, they make it political right away. Everything becomes political. So it becomes this left-right. That's why we don't get too far in the country. And that's why the vitriol exists there. Because we become partisan. We just had this big conversation uh, yesterday on a show we did about partisan politics and how bad it is and why it is. 
Missy, I know you are so against that. You're a strong, again, and Gail may not know, but you're one of our strong liberal voices. You come from a strong democratic family. You have very good beliefs and, and very interesting uh, perspective here on uh, America Out Loud. Help me out here, Missy. Help me bring not only some civility to the conversation, but your expertise to the conversation. And I want to do it in a very systematical way. we got these marches going on. You hear the problems we're talking about. What's mm-hmm. the answer? Well, I think the answer is going to come in, in a lot of ways. And it's going, we're going to have to listen to a lot of, of different different people, men and, and, and women. And I think that part of, of the challenge here, and, and Gail, I love a lot of, of your comments. This is wonderful being on a show with you. I think a lot of the challenge here is that you know, this, was, this was a march that included people. That you know, men marched. It was about it was under an umbrella of a women's march. But you know, you've got women across the spectrum. Women are human beings. This is about human issues, and and unfortunately, it didn't get framed this way. Or the media, once again, wants to jump on the the pea hats and the the fringe kind of things and make it look goofy and make it look over emotional and make it look petty. And then um, to to Betsy to 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 your statement about the uh, trash that um, and I think Gail's comment was was appropriate because um, there's going to be trash at marches and if you can focus on one issue like the like the life the the pro-life march did then you can say we got to clean up you can really manage it I think there were five million people that marched in the United States and then around the world added additional numbers when you have a march that's just one issue I don't know if it were was the number that Gail mentioned Betsy I don't know what you got I'm sure you have great information from where you are but clearly I think we can all agree it was a smaller march so you can manage it you can keep control over it this was about people it was about bubbling up of issues that deals with equal pay, that deals with childcare, that deals with, you know, racism and LGBT. It all it just all over the place. That's what's going to happen when you deal with people's issues. So, unfortunately, it got framed where people are making fun of it. This was about important issues: immigration, racism. You know, all of the things that I mentioned and so much more, because, again, this isn't just about women. This is women marching, really, at the heart of it for all people, which is what women do. We're all women. And at the end of the day, we agree more often than not that that the importance of the, the voice of women is that that's that nurture. We speak out for all people. We want to bring harmony and unity. So why not so, have one march? Why not have one march? Why don't the women get together and figure this out then? Let me ask you as a man here. I'd like to ask. Why, why can't they do that, Missy? Because I, I, I think they're probably following the wrong voices and leaders. And I, I think this got organized in a way where all the big sponsors and quote-unquote partners and um, kind of shaped it. And, and it didn't really maybe have an opportunity to be able to raise the voice, the real you know, issues, the real you know, frames exactly. what this is about exactly. and so it gets co-opted by... Exactly. Wait a second, wait a second. It's called the Women's March. If you're a woman and you don't show up, that's your choice. When the <laughs> Patriots win the Super Bowl, the other team is not going to show up to the parade because they have no emotional investment or connection to it. You go where you feel you'll be heard. Otherwise, you're an idiot. I wasn't disagreeing with that no, at all. No, no, I totally agree with you. I yeah. mean, I totally agree with you 100%. But if you're going to yeah. go and express a view where you're going to get spit on 
and pushed mm. and verbally abused and physically abused. Believe me, if I showed up at the at the women's march in Chicago with my Trump Pence shirt on and my sec pro Second Amendment sign, believe me, I'd have to shoot my way out of there. Wow. So it's I not just that, for if all I show up women. in NRA, if I show up in an NRA march with my, you know, no no more wars, no guns, gun control, that same thing's gonna happen to me. I mean when you got not true. That's from, not true. That's just not I'm true. Gonna ridiculed. I'm going to get videoed. You I'm going to. You will. You will. You yeah. will. If you protested the war in Vietnam, you got yeah. not only did you get shot at, you got sprayed at, you yeah. got spit on, you got a dog. Dog. Dog bitten. Yeah. So that's why I use the a metaphor of the Super Bowl. When the yeah. when <laughs> when the Patriots win, the losing team is not going to show up. Because they don't want to get, first of all, they're going to be uh, like a super minority and they're, they're going to get clobbered. I get it. I mean, it only makes sense. But if you want to go to something like that and you feel that you can have an impact, that you might change hearts and minds, then you should do it. But if you're going for comfort, then don't go. You can't well, change I like hearts that. I and minds it. when you're dealing with people with 14-year-old children mentalities who scream and yell and attack and won't discuss. It's not for all women. That's fine. Let's just say that. I have no doubt that after Scarlett Johansson stood up and talked, that if Dana Lash stood up and talked or Laura Ingram stood up and talked, that wouldn't happen. They wouldn't be allowed. Well, you have to choose your venue. I mean, well, that, you just said we could all go. That's though. a more important issue so than, the, than the NFL. My venue, or can we all go? Yes, that's the thing, all, choosing yeah. your issue. I love that we're talking about the issue, and I wanted to just chime in here real quick because we got to the issue, and I want to bring it to something a little more globally. I love what these women are saying. Um, there are a lot of points I agree with. I agree with um, Sergeant Betsy, and I agree with Missy and with Gail about uh, you know this this choosing your issue. I'm glad we brought it to that because there are a lot of different things. I mean, I agree with Sergeant Betsy that I can't think of an actual right, a law, something that's in the books, um, a right that women don't have in the United States of America. I can't think of one either. Um, well, and so I think that that's important there. I, I just wanted to finish my point real quick. Thank yeah. you. And and so this is uh, I can't think of actually one of those rights. But then there are other things there. There are certain workplaces. I've been in those workplaces, like I said where women aren't treated fairly and that is something I think we do have a right because we are Americans to stand up now I'm saying that I work in countries here where uh, where women don't even have a right to speak they don't have a right uh, to drive to get the right to drive in Saudi Arabia actually women didn't come out with that they had to find men there had to be men that came out because women's voices wouldn't even be heard you're not allowed to talk to someone that's not your husband or brother or father so I'm talking about actual women's rights yes if we were to have a women's march in the United States of America on women's rights throughout the world I think that that's something that both sides of the party would show up to. Obviously, on certain issues, that's going to change. That's okay. But I mean, that's the point is that, you know, there's some things we can all come together as women. My question is that what do I say to women in other parts of the world? What do I say to a woman in Egypt and Saudi Arabia and Iran who could be killed for just having a voice who are already in prison? Now there are women in Iran in prison because they had a voice. They took off their hijab and they wanted to. And now they're in prison. Nobody knows their fate. What do I say to those women when they ask me dead point blank in the eye and they say, you're an American woman? 
woman. Uh, why are these women marching with giant vagina suits? Because what? how do I explain to them when their leaders say to them, listen, we don't give you rights because we respect you and we want you to keep your womanhood. This is what they say to them in the Middle East, right? We want you to keep your womanhood. And now if we give you rights, look at these American women here on TV wearing giant vagina suits and hats and screaming at each other and tearing their faces off because you can't even agree on a women's march. And this is why we're not giving you rights because this is these are the voice of free women. Do you want to look like that in five, ten years if we give you rights? Mm, That's wow. what they're saying. Whereas if we were to go out and have a real women's march where, yes, mm. we could be passionate. Yes, we could fight for basic women's rights yeah. and dignity without tearing each other apart. Then right. maybe, just maybe, those excuses from those leaders in Muslim countries wouldn't be so, wouldn't even be prevalent. They wouldn't even be a thought and the women could ignore them. So so here's my response. The the women that you're talking to, God bless them, but they were not, they don't have a certain DNA that we have as, as, as Americans. We're born with it. And when, we're, when as soon as we can communicate, we are told that we are equal and that we can do anything we want to. All we have to do is come up with it, dream it. The world is your oyster, especially here in the United States of America. This is what we are told from the time we open our eyes. So when you're talking to someone who wasn't raised with that, it's very hard for them to imagine what that might might be like. So we are. I'm sorry, Gail. Where do you say the DNA? What is the DNA of a woman? Just uh, honestly, I, I don't understand because you stated before even, they are not addicted to what can be. Um, but what is what is the DNA of a woman in Iran who is who can be jailed without wearing her hijab? She has to wear a headscarf over her head. Say she doesn't want to wear it. Is she if she has a right know. to, that's fine. But she shaves her head bald just so she doesn't have to wear it. What's her DNA and how is that different from ours? I don't know. I can only know what it feels like to be raised under the United States Constitution. If we're and raised I, that way, then why are we all then why? <laughs> Why are we talking about how downtrodden we are and how abused I'm we are by men? I'm not talking about that all at all. That. President Trump is. I'm talking about as Americans, we're addicted to what can be, of what can be. The Constitution is not a document that sits still. It's, it's living. That's right. It's living and it's breathing and it's constantly. Gail, involved. I want to ask you something. When you just referenced President Trump, what what did he have to do with the conversation? You just injected his name. What what? Tell me how that Shut works. Up. The the state was then. Why are we always talking about how down down right. tried? And you said and President Trump is. is. No, Explain I'm that about to me. Women. Did you listen to why his inaugural speech last year? I'm sorry. Did you listen to his inaugural speech last year? Indeed. It was so dark. So, so the inaugural dark. speech was dark in compared to women, you mean? I, I don't understand. To, to our country. Okay, well, two, two comments back for you on that. Number one, the unemployment number for women right now is the lowest, like, forever, <laughs> a long time. The success women are having under the Trump administration is nothing short of phenomenal right now. That, I will tell you, is a golden fact that you probably don't want to admit, and many of well, your friends won't admit. from the Obama administration. We That's all what know you that. do. You credit well, Obama. We actually all don't know that. Well, we and the reason that Trump's speech was perceived well, to be dark is because well, hold on, one at a time. came out of the darkest eight years in this country. Mm-hmm. First, and finally came to a place where we can say, "Oh my God, we get to go out and we get to work and we get to and we get to we get to celebrate this Do country instead of saying that the country me, is such a bad place." All right. Tell me one thing that Trump has done for women since he's been in office. 
The unemployment and, rate and is the lowest that it's been. One thing of all the executive orders well, let me that just, he has okay. signed, okay. and the one piece of right. legislation. Gail, I heard your question. Now let's answer it. Now let's stop. I don't want to talk over each other, but please, let, I want to have yeah. a good conversation. So you asked a question. Now let's answer it back. So there's a whole list of things he's done, Gail. I just mentioned the big one, unemployment stuff. But you can go from there, and you can come right down the list. He's got more women in the White House than Obama had. Oh, I don't think so. He does. Yeah, that's, that's no, he that's does. A fact. We just did a whole show on it. Absolutely. We talked about the powerful women in the Trump administration. He's empowered more women across the board. Uh, he's got, I mean, this is a conversation. No, I'm talking about legislation. I'm talking about legislation. Honey, he's, he, you've got Congress does legislation. He doesn't do legislation, love. That's I not his position. That, but he does executive orders. Honey, that doesn't, no, that's not, oh, he's, he's not. Wait a second, wait a second. He, he got to ban Muslims coming here. That's what not true he, either. What did he do for women specifically? That's all I'm saying. Because one of the things that the women were marching about in terms of Trump, they don't believe he will do anything good for women. So you have to stop and look at that and say, well, wow, he must have done something. He signed all these executive orders. I know, in fact, that he signed one piece of legislation, but that was about taxes. Signed. I know he's done drilling on U.S. coasts, and I know he has a travel ban, okay. which is now in the courts. But what executive orders did he sign specifically targeted for women? Okay. I can absolutely answer that. As a small business owner and a woman who employs women, many of the executive orders that he has signed getting rid of the Obama-era um, uh restrictions, if you will, on small business, you know, the EPA and regulations. Thank you. That has, let me finish my sentence. That has empowered me and my business to employ additional people to get out there and do more things, spend more money, because now I'm free to do that. I was going to fold up my business and fully retire until Donald Trump got into office because I just couldn't deal with the taxes and the regulations and all those things. So he has been, and again, let's go back to unemployment. Let's go back to the incredible tax breaks that we're all going to see in the United States in a couple of weeks. That's absolutely more money right into my pocket. I find that very empowering as a woman. Right, but so- see, the, thing is, the thing is, everybody benefits from that. Every single person in business. Well, what's wrong with that, that. Uh, Gail? I said targeted for women. Are we all equal? Shouldn't women have equal rights? Let me finish. Let me finish. As long as we're being specific, what, for example, Obama did an executive order called the Lilly Ledbetter, for, and that guaranteed women a certain amount of equal pay for equal work. That was specifically targeted to women. I'm thrilled that he's got that 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 it makes it easier for women in business, but it also makes men. I'm asking a specific question. What has he done specifically with the executive orders or legislation okay. that all right, we heard your question. Now let's answer it, please, so we don't we can move the conversation along here. So I just looked it up here. Trump pulls back Obama era protections for women workers. That's an executive order he signed. So you're asking me, I'm giving you the answer here. 
Uh, Trump's religious liberty executive order uh, for women. And there's a list of them here, love. There's a, there's a bunch of them here. So just look it up and you can answer your own question. Uh, I mean, there's a bunch of them. So, but listen, the bigger question is uh, that uh, <laughs> he has done things for women. I know you're saying he specifically hasn't, but you, we're making this about Trump again because that's what you do. But I don't want to make it about Trump specifically because this is this is the part of the problem as to why women don't come together because you use the political point to divide each other. I thought we were at the crux of the conversation moments ago, and I was really, really loving it because you were no. talking about having one march versus two marches, and there were some yes, very but, but there was some very interesting about everything being all dark okay. and dour. And that's you not did. what these women are talking about. You no, said that. no, I didn't say that was my response. That was my response. Okay. So I said that I didn't believe everything was dark and dour. That's not who I am. Gail, I, 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 gotta, I will say this to you. Okay. We're going to pause here. I'm going to say to you the difference is listen, I, I've been a critic against the president as much as I am. I support and cr- criticize facts, data. I'm not a partisan. I don't play Republican, Democrat like you do. I don't do it. I am not a partisan. I'm an American. I put policy and programs first wherever they come from, and that's just a fact of life. I've been I very critical. I've been very critical of this president. And I will continue to be, as well as celebrate the successes of this president. And I have to tell you, this president is going now into the fourth quarter of phenomenal economic growth in the 3% range that didn't happen once under your president. And you want to continue to give all the credit to Obama. I have to tell you, my love, you are on the wrong bus going down the wrong highway and got off at the wrong exit. We'll be back in just a moment, love. The goal is to deliver a message of truth, inspiration, and hope to the world, to unite people from all backgrounds and beliefs in an effort to advance humanity. News blogs, informative podcasts, and entertaining videos. It's AmericaOutloud.com, where the conversation never ends. With 24-7 streaming on our free apps on both Android and Apple. Welcome to the new era in communications, America Out Loud Talk Radio. All right, friends, we are having quite the conversation today. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of pleasure, and it's the pursuit of politics. But more than that, it's the pursuit of women's rights and empowering of women. And the questions have been put out there about the women's marches. And I like where we were going moments ago here. When you see part of the problem, the reflectiveness of this show right now with the uh, co-host we have on the show is really reflective of societal problems we're having within the conversation of all of these marches because we talk over each other and under each other and on top and we don't really hear what the others are saying. So I want to say back to you all and with our co-host today, that's what I try not to do on this platform and this show is I want to get all opinions out there. I want to embrace opinions. I want to advance the conversation. I want to advance humanity. But you know what we do consistently in this country? And we do as women, we do as men, we do as everybody. We pick the point of what divides us and not what connects us to have the conversation. So that's the real bitch of it right there. And people insist on doing that. It's more theatrical. It's more entertaining. It's more whatever. So Jennifer, take a moment. I want to take, I want to do this, please. 
I want to each take 60 seconds. I want to go right around with all of us, please. This, this is awesome. And Jennifer, I want you to start it for me. And I want to talk about, in 60 seconds, talk about what connects us as women. What connects women? I want to talk about one march. I want to talk about what connects us. I don't, I don't, don't anybody use the word Trump in the next five minutes, okay? Forget that conversation. He does not exist. Let's talk Thank about God. women. Let's talk about empowering women. Let's talk about one march. Talk to me on what connects us as, as a movement, as women, as a march, life, all of it. What is it, Jennifer? All right, so I'll do a grander scale and a smaller scale for my 60 seconds, for my Malcolm Minute, if you will. On the grander scale, what connects us as women is the fact that we have a voice, that we have um, that we have an opinion, that we don't need to be boxed into one unilateral way of thinking, that we can see outside the box, that we can that we want uh, other opinions to come in, that we want to find a common ground, that we want there to be peace, and we do have a voice. That connects us, I think, as women, uh, specifically with not only having a maternal instinct, but also having a leadership instinct, nurturing and leadership. Only women can have that. And that connects us on a global scale, even on this scale back, uh, just to wrap it up here is, um, you know, I'm thinking about Missy here on this show and we're talking about, you know, obviously this show has been very political and Missy and I, you know, we don't agree on a lot of political issues and that's absolutely fine. But Missy and I are two women that have worked in the Middle East, even though we don't agree on U.S. specific U.S. political issues, we both um, fight for women's rights in the Middle East. And that's okay that two women that disagree on some U.S. politics can both love and admire each other for our work on women's rights in the Middle East. Well, the show we did the other day was prominent in that and the political conversations. Missy, take 60 seconds, Missy. Pick up where Jennifer was. Let's talk about all of the things. One woman's march, what empowers the movement? How do we do it? Well, we focus on our strengths, and that's that's our courage. It's our compassion. Uh, Women are so geared for compassion and we're heart centered. So our leadership is going to come through our heart to our head, not just our head out into the world. That's where the nonviolence will really take root and we'll lift up, of course, sisters because sisterhood is global, mothers, daughters, and then we have sons. So we're not going to forget to reach out and lift up our brothers, our husbands, our fellow human beings across the board. So this, with this amazing potential that gets derailed because media wants to look at at, at fringe aspects and, and silly things, but if we stay focused on our amazing attributes and the possibilities that we bring forth now and into the world for the future, for a real future, for our country and for the planet, then we will win. And, and the, the future... Of, of change in the world is feminine. The feminine what you both said right now men and women. is brilliant, just mm-hmm. absolutely brilliant. And the way you point out in that subtle sort of way, Missy, about the media being the culprits of the fringe lunatics, <laughs> you are spot on, girl, spot on, spot on. And Jennifer, the way you bring in and, and, and the way you talked about the empowerment of women because, because they have the upper hand in these particular characteristics yeah. that are yeah. feminine ca- characteristics that you point out is spot, spot on. Yeah. And I'm a man, and I can call that for what it is, ladies. Before I go to Sergeant Betsy, Gail, I want you to chime in. Take your 60 seconds. Pick up on where Jennifer is, please, and where Missy was. And talk about, we're talking about one woman's watch. Let's talk about the empowerment of women. What, is the, what are the connecting forces? What are, we, what are they? Well, we have passion, uh, potential. We're forward-thinking. We're committed. We're caring. We're concer- we have great concern and passion about others and the world we live in. Um, but in terms of being out there, we have a short history and we're discovering that on their own because 
you know, I remember going to school, we didn't hear about the, you know, we heard about the Harriet Tubman's, we heard about the wife of the presidents. Uh, we're, we're emotional, uh, for the most part, we're nonviolent, uh, and gosh darn it, we're addicted to making the world a better place. Mm, mm, yes. mm. Wow, <laughs> wow. So, Gail, um, so that would be great as we bridge over to Sergeant Betsy, if we could take the things you just said as well and make the march about that. I mean, that's huge. That's far more important than who's in the White House at the moment. You see what, You see where I'm going? That's the march we really should be having. Now, Sergeant Betsy, I want you to pick up all this brilliant conversation, analysis we're having. Take your 60 seconds now and tell us, please, with women, what's the connecting force in your world? Well, Gail just said it. Women are forward thinking. Women are always thinking a generation or more ahead. We are strong. We are so resilient. There's a reason women are the ones who give birth, because we are so strong. And we are such, in the United States here, we are such a young country. And, and women helped to found what we are absolutely all about in the United States. So we've got to take that strength, take that resilience, stop seeing ourselves as victims and stop seeing men as the enemy and do exactly what Gail said. And that is think forward, think ahead. And, and then come together and realize that we don't have to fight and we don't have to scream and yell and spit and do all these nasty things that we can share ideas. Wow. Wow. Okay, my friends, if you could take the last five minutes and put it in a time bottle and put that recording as an MP3 in a time bottle. Wow. And discover that down the road and see how we could do it. If we could implement what you all just put out there in the last five minutes, and if we could get behind putting that march together and shutting all the other vitriol down, boy, that would be something for our union. That would be something incredible for the movement and the empowerment of women everywhere. And that would just be enormous because the things you even said, like when you said, Gail, a moment ago, nonviolent, I I scratched my head when you said it. And you're exactly 100% right. I want to ask Gail something here that's that for all of us to know, because you may all want to know. I definitely want to know. Gail, a lot of these sexual abuse and the things that have been happening have been core to Hollywood and Washington. But Hollywood, big time. And it's been all over this thing. And Hollywood, of course, has this self-righteousness, a lot of them in their award shows and others when they get up and they tell everybody off and that they're just so brilliant and beautiful people. And yet they are in the closet. They have so much wrong, societal, that is wrong. Now, we talked about that in a show we did, you, I, and Ava, that was called Pervs Uncovered. It was quite interesting. (laughs) And I always love getting into these interesting conversations with you. Talk to me. What's going on? Can you help me understand? Because I don't know the answer to this, but what is Hollywood doing to fix the woes and the ways of their means of how they've conducted themselves in the past? Has anything happened in there from oh a point God. of contact? Tell me. I'm so glad you asked this because I, I mean, for 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 the other ladies, um, uh, I'm I'm a reporter as as well, and so <clears throat> I've been covering the story since the sixth of October. What's happened since um, since all this has come to light? And, and believe me when I tell you, there are aspects of it that I do not agree with. Mm-hmm. Uh, but my job is just to tell the story. So um, 
what they've done is they've put together in terms of uh, with huge contributions from the talent agencies. Um, they've put together an organization. The name um, uh, I, I, it just it's it's out of my head right now, yeah. but um, they have a um, a legal arm to this uh, committee that they put together, and it's being um, headed up by Anita Hill the famous Anita Hill. Mm -hmm. And basically what they're there is to offer free legal services to women who have uh, confronted harassment in the workplace. I believe it's, they have raised something like $13 million. Um, so uh, there's a great awareness of that. A lot of people have known about, know about it. Um, and all this has taken place since the 6th of October, which is you know, lightning speed in, in, in anything. But um, the, the contributions, as I say, came from a lot of the talent agencies because there was a lot of collusion in that. They would send these actresses out to take these appointments knowing full well that the person that they were sending them to meet did not have the best reputation. So that's happening. And I think it's good that it started in Hollywood because people are so affected by the media. They actually think they know these people. Mm -hmm. And so what it does is it takes the message and it brings it home. People feel comfortable hearing about it because they think they know you. Your trouble is my trouble. Mm. So, um, it's, so it's waking up a lot of people. So let me ask you this. Will, will, will the sexual abuse that has been so, so apparent throughout Hollywood, and you and I have talked before about the Bill Cosby's uh, where he started and a lot of the early conversation. Now look at what's happened. Wow. Uh, do you, are you optimistic at all that at some point in the near distant future that the vast majority of that will become a thing of the past? Well, first of all, let me just say I, I have to qualify and say everything that's going on since October 6th is clearly allegations. Mm -hmm. Am I hopeful? I see. Um, I'm, anytime you shine a light, if you're not hopeful, mm -hmm. you're shining it in the wrong place. Mm -hmm. The whole idea is to get people talking mm -hmm. and to get these rats out of the darkness. Mm -hmm. um, men and women are completely different. We have about... 200,000 years of DNA right. fl flowing through our um, veins. Um, the food we eat is not necessarily the best. Mm -hmm. And so, um, you know, makes people do nutty things. We have an opioid yeah. e epidemic that's making people do wacky yeah. things to themselves and others. So um, you have to slow down. You have to take it one little increment at a time, yeah, especially yeah. Jennifer knows this working in these countries that everything, should, every move that we make should definitely be celebrated. Yeah, the yeah. whole idea is just to bring in okay. the light. Right. Well, a lot of it has become uncivilized. You bring up some really good points there. And I look at it as being un, very uncivilized uh, the way that this is happening. You're, you're exactly right. Um, but, you know, when you talk about also shining a spotlight, I would also say back to you, Gail, see, a lot of people, they may not like some of the tweets and they may not like some of the things coming from the Oval Office, but I will say to you this, love, the reason many Americans across the board are embracing the man in the White House right now is because he bought a big spotlight with him and the swamp is very deep and he's shining it and they're running. Republicans and Democrats alike are running like cockroaches and they are running like the cockroaches that they are, which is why they're all retiring, Republicans retiring, because they don't know what to make of him. So having said that, back to your point of being a game changer, if nothing else, 
It is a game changer. I'll also make a prediction to you, Gail Murphy, my dear friend from Hollywood Elite. <laughs> my dear prediction is this. Get used to Mr. Trump because he'll be around for another seven years, guaranteed. So that is my prediction to you, love. This country is embracing this movement, not so much the man or the tweets, but the idea that this canoe sucks, the people in the canoe suck, and it's time to rock this thing over because we are tired of it. Because, because you know why, Gail? Because it sucks. Okay? Having said that, I'll bring this to a head and say this much. I want to take, one, we're, we're down to the last couple of moments here, and I hate for this conversation to end because I am having the time of my life in this conversation. This yeah. is like a grand conversation that I just love. <laughs> and I hate for it to end because I'd love to have Gail in on some of this mix and the mix of Betsy reaching mm-hmm. back the way she did and mentioning her name was very specific. I love the fact we all took a great minute and we talked about celebrating women. I could not agree with any of you more than than that because you have put it out there so well. I applaud each of you, and I applaud the whole movement. What I pray for, I pray today, and I pray for the rest of our life that we can come together and begin to find what connects us as a people, both men and women, but we'll speak about the women in the movement today, so we can advance the conversation and we can advance humanity, which is what we want to do at America Out Loud. Friends, it's, you can't find a conversation like this anywhere else on the planet. It does not exist. So it is right here at this platform. Uh, and it's right here on Life Liberty, this amazing show, amazing people. Gail, you say that all the time out there on social media. You celebrate this platform, and you're always putting the word out there on the street about it. And uh, I appreciate you and uh, your mentions all the time about uh, listening and the, the, the point of getting to the out loud truth, which is what our goal here is at the end of the day. Uh, I thank everybody for being part of this enormous conversation. Put a jump in your step today as you move forward. Think about some of the good things that are going on in your life, friends. Count your blessings for just a moment that you live in this beautiful land. If you're blessed, and of course, we have a lot of European listeners, and we love love everybody across the board. We love our European friends. If you're in America, this conversation we're having today about these marches, and, and there have been marches around the world, actually, in that regard, but take a moment and step back. If, you're, if you live in the West and you experience freedom and you can breathe and think and you can walk outside and do all those things, count your blessings, you know? And, and let's pick up on that. Let's talk about what connects us as a people. Let's make that the start of the conversation. And I got to tell you what, we'll get a lot further ahead. Thank you for being here, part of this journey here today, friends. Jennifer Breeden, Sergeant Betsy Smith, Missy Crotchfield, and Gail Murphy. This is Malcolm Out Loud. To be continued, friends.